Hey friends, thanks for joining us. We like to talk. We really like to share and learn about other humans, but what we like the most is just being with other people. So get comfy, grab a drink, and come hang out with us on Your Friends Podcast. We're live. We are live from a new studio. From the couches. The couches. That's the studio's name. It's a very famous studio called The Couches. We have recorded on these couches before. Not many times, though. No, maybe just once. Last time we did this podcast, the topic we're going to talk about, we did from these couches. What? The volume seemed to be low on this. Do we do that on purpose? Do I, should I turn it up? Yeah, turn it up just a little bit and see what happens. We also might be like holding our voices in a little bit because we are not in the normal secluded. That's okay, I feel like. Okay, I guess we'll find out what it sounds like. I mean, like. I'd rather just have the mic all up in my mouth. <laughs> That might that cause other problems. Sounded not the way that I wanted it to. Um, yeah, here we are on the couches. We're going for a more casual feel. I like a couple things. I like casual. I also like, uh, I was going to say novelty. I don't know that that's the right word. I just like inconsistency. I'll say that. You like inconsistency? Yeah, I don't want to always have to do the podcast from the same place, the same way. I want to be flexible. Okay. Your deep, your deep, deep breath tells me, and also 15 years of relationship with you, tells me you don't like that. The lines on GarageBand tell me your mic is too close to your mouth. Oh, okay. Back it up just a little bit. That's always easy, way easier to do. Maybe a I little can... closer now. Just right. Yeah, that's probably good. Okay. Um, Sorry if I'm blowing the eardrums out. We're making up for last week's subpar audio. I like consistency. I know you do. It's like my favorite thing. If it was the most, if it was perfect, if what we had set up to be consistent was perfect, maybe I would like consistency. Well, maybe we should spend more time making it perfect. That is fair. I just, the chairs that we record in, the bar stools that we record, that we sit in when we record downstairs in the studio are not that comfortable. Yeah, it gives like a sense of urgency. Yeah, I don't like that. I want to be comfortable because I don't like my quote-unquote podcast voice. And I feel like the only way to get out of having that is to be in a more comfortable environment. Okay, that's understandable. I have not verbalized that to you because it only just came to me so succinctly right now. But that's right really now, what it is. Even though we've been talking about voices for a while now. Yeah, I just... I don't know. I don't know what it is, but like, I don't like, I don't like that. And I big spoiler slash not really that big of a spoiler. I'm contemplating starting my own podcast and what? I know you didn't check with your podcast partner before doing this. Stop it. You know about it. <laughs> this is news to me. Can you, they can't tell that you're being sarcastic. I believe they can tell. Okay. He's being sarcastic if it wasn't clear. He knows all about the stay-at-home curator. 
I've been toying around with this idea of starting my own and I really like the biggest thing is that I don't want to have podcast voice and I don't know how to get out of it. Like I get out of it eventually when we talk. So you just warm up then and then you do your thing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's been the thing that has held me back the last two days from recording anything. Is your podcast voice? Yeah, I just don't... Well, I also just don't know what the fuck to say, but I mean, that's not true. So I have... The idea is that all of the shit that I fill (laughs) this podcast with, (laughs) with like stumbling and bumbling through what I think everyone should be reading and watching and listening to, that I consolidate it into one place. Can I ask more about should be? Yes. You said everyone should be. There are things that I think would benefit people if they could read it or watch it or listen to it. Podcast, books, TV. Those are specifically, those three. Podcast, books, and TV are the three specific forms of media that I intake the most. And I'm reading a lot of really good stuff right now that I think people, especially people that listen to this podcast, would benefit from. I'm watching just fun things mostly that everybody's already watching, but in case they aren't, they should, I would like to share it with them. You can say should. No, apparently I can't. So I'm I'm going to try to stop. Well, I, I mean, if you want to say should and you're like, yes, these people should be listening to this or reading this. I guess I don't know that I, I, I don't want to use that word because I guess I don't know that everyone should. Now, if you're like me or like you, for instance, as an example, I think people should watch Fleabag, but there are probably people who are listening to our podcast who should not watch Fleabag. Really? So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's such a beautiful piece of art. Right. Though. I think it's the greatest show that's ever been on television. You think that's the number one show? It's in my top five for sure. Five is such a cop out. So How about I, a three? Ooh, you want a three? Yeah, because three like means something. Five if is like you, you can like wish wash forever. If you tell me right now to pick a top three. Yeah, I'm telling you right now. Right pick now? Pick a top three. Yes. Okay. Fleabag? That's number one. Fuck. I don't know how to, I don't know how to. That's fine. In no particular order. In no particular order. The top three shows, television shows. Fleabag. That one should watch. I see. Now I'm triggered by that word. Okay. Why are you triggered by it? I'm not triggered by it. Sorry. I shouldn't say that. Intensely enough about something. You can use the word should. Oh, it's a, it's a loaded word. It is loaded. But if you feel that way about it, say it. Okay. Fleabag. We got that justified really yes interesting okay why is that interesting and then hold it's on let just me look like a kind of it's a bit of a deep cut i feel well it can be a deep cut that doesn't mean anything uh, i'm just saying it's not like at the tip of my tongue although you asked me what my top two television shows are and i'll take forever to figure it out wait i made oh yeah okay this is perfect Because I have three from three distinct. 
eh, maybe distinct is maybe too far, but three different categories or genres of show. Welcome to your friend's podcast, not a podcast about television. Go on. Fleabag again. God, Do I need Jesus. to repeat? So Fleabag three times is the top three. <laughs> Got it. Okay. We can move on to the next topic. Fleabag, Justified, and Shit's Creek. I think really? Shit's Creek is the most perfect comedy. That's that feels ever. a little like recency y- bias. Yes, for I sure, know, some recency bias. I know you think it's recency bias, but I just don't we're, think that it is. Well, if we're using recency bias, remember how Russian Doll like blew your mind? Russian Doll did blow my mind, but it was not. It no, the other ones. I would pick the other ones over it. Okay. Justified is like. I don't, I don't know how, I, how would you explain so here's Timothy an interesting, Oliphant well, and Walton Goggins in perfection? Well, so I've been thinking recently about how we often say you should watch something or this thing is so amazing. That's kind of where it stops. It's a little bit vague. Well, it's completely like, vague, which is why I'm like, oh, I should be the stay-at-home curator. I should do this review podcast where it's just like five minutes long and I tell and I review things. And then I'm like, all I ever fucking say is, it was really good. I really liked it. So the other day, <laughs> our oldest daughter was obsessing over um, Stranger Things. The other day? You mean all day Every day for about a week now, she, she is like full on tiger beating, like, tiger beating Stranger Things. She needs like posters. She needs fucking Steve the Hair Harrington all over her walls. Yeah, I'm I'm in. I am I, in too. You know, okay, so I'm gonna put a pin in what I was about to say. Okay, put a pin in it. I have so I went to Argentina for two years as a missionary for a church. You did that and. I was always enthralled by the obsession that specifically like young adult boys, late teenage boys had with specific things. The there, two things there, it was noticeable to you. Yes. Like more than I'd ever noticed. And I, I've since that time I have lamented the fact that I don't obsess over anything the way that I see other people. I just love that they're they're the intense, love and just like they get into it they get so deep into it I mean, okay so i am the first thing well was worse in that madonna so the, the the i was gonna ask you so these teenage like late teen early adult boys yeah like they they were probably like okay, from madonna. 18 to 21 madonna was the first one can never mind go ahead all like every album, of course, and like posters and like multiple copies of different kinds of albums, imports, you know, whatever the things we did with CDs in the late 90s, right? Right. Um, and then the other one was Aerosmith. So much so that in on the wall oh. in his room, he had the, the Aerosmith emblem across an entire wall. Whoa. And like just singing Aerosmith songs all the time. And I've always... Ever since then, I've always thought about it. There was another kid that was like, it wasn't like a like sort of pop culture thing, but he was really into um, making like, I don't know if you call it, just like clay sculptures. And like he had these like ornate dragons that he built and like all this other stuff. It was super cool. Anyway, I've always thought about that. Um, that was a tangent. So Taking the pin out. Pin 
has now been taken out of the pillow mic stand that I'm using. Yes. Our oldest daughter, we were driving home from the getaway that I took my children to last week. Props to you, Summer Dad. Summer Dad. And she was obsessing over Stranger Things and saying how amazing it was and how much she liked it. And I was like, okay, what do you mean? But like, first of all, we got two hours to mm-hmm. kill in a car. So I'm like, <laughs> let's see if we can get a little deeper into this topic that they all seem fairly interested in. Yeah. Let's see if we can dive in a little bit. And so then she said, she started to talk about the characters. And so, and like how amazing they were, right? So, so at least we got to characters, right? And then I said, well, what about the characters? And then I think we finally got to the fact that she really likes well-told stories and that have like, um, different storylines going on. I think that's the part of the show that she likes. And then the characters, I think what she said in her 11 year old way was that she likes how well she felt like she knew them because of the way that they were developed and the different characteristics that they're able to see specifically Steve, the hair Harrington being (laughs) what seems to be her current favorite. Um, it's kind of funny what that tells you what it tells one about one, like which characters they're obsessed with. Cause like, I didn't realize until tonight when she was talking about him over and over and over again, that he like, she super loves Steve. Like, I just thought she was like, just obsessed with the show period. And then Steve she has, seems to be her favorite. She has really gravitated towards Steve. And I'm like, okay, I see you. Do you see that? What do you mean? Like what? Like he's fine. I mean, for like a, for an 11 year old girl, I mean, I think that makes perfect sense. I mean, I guess if Billy wasn't a bad guy, he would be the one, right? Billy's prepubescent mustache really throws yeah, me off. Yeah, it's a bit of a turnoff. It's a total turnoff. But the hair, his, if we want to talk about hair. His hair is arguably better than it, Steve's not hair. Not arguably, it's better. Mm, I mean, it's kind of curly and Steve's is more wavy, which I prefer, but. Yeah, but it's like longer, a little more wild. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a great show. It's amazing. She's it's an amazing show. She's obsessed. Right. All day long, every day. That's all she talks about. Every quiz she takes online. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Anyway, I don't know where we were going with that. Oh, just, yeah. So I've been thinking about reviewing books and TV and podcasts, and mostly it's going to be me telling people, I think that you would like this because it's good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I would like so, you to dive in a little deeper. I know, and I'm trying to. So I read um, We Love the Liturgists, and the Liturgists recently had on a good friend of theirs onto their podcast. Her name is Jamie Lee Finch, and she wrote a book called You Are Your Own, and it's only a little over 100 pages, and I bought it, and I read it in a day, and with the, with the intention that that would sort of not necessarily be the first episode, but it would be one of the books that I talked about on this new podcast idea. And so I, instead of marking the book, I just like put little slips of paper on each of the pages where there were things that I felt like were impact, like impacted me and that I really liked. And so I just was like, do I go through and like read little snippets and talk about it? Yes, you do. Do I like, that's, I guess where I am is if I do it by myself, 
I'm not having a conversation with someone and there's not questions being asked and I'm not bouncing ideas off of, it's just sort of like me reading a quote and being like, well, this was fucking real. And <laughs> let me tell you about this story in my life that is, proves this to be real. Cause for her in particular, she is ex evangelical and she's all about reclaiming your body and your sexuality. And she hits on a ton of shaming and problematic bullshit that Christian churches and fundamentalist churches in general, uh, impose upon men and women. So anyway, I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out, I have a real cute little logo because my favorite thing to do is make a logo. Well, you can't have a thing without a logo. Right. I mean, obviously. <laughs> so I have a really cute little logo and a good idea, but I'm lacking direction. So well, just, just do it and fuck it up the first time and then you'll figure it out. Yeah. It's like that woman bow on a, I can't ever remember the correct name of the show. Chef's Table. Chef's Table. Where she wanted to open a restaurant in Thailand and she talked to her dad and she kept saying in her Brooklyn English, I talked to my dad and I said, what if I fuck it up? And he said, if you fuck it up, you fuck it up. Right. <laughs> like he just was so unconcerned. Well, it's like, if you fuck it up, then you fucked it up. Okay. Okay. But like, if you do it and you don't fuck it up, then... Then yeah, that's that, and that's the what he said. Thing. He's like, you either fuck it up or it's great. And if you fuck it up, oh well, you did. Like, who cares? So anyway, um, I don't know. Speaking of, um, but the the friends can let us know if there's any, uh, if anyone if anyone cares about stay at home. Well, they should curator. care. They should. Oh, you threw out a should. We shouldn't all over everyone. Well, so the other thing, just as like a little side, is that I could do it on this feed I could differentiate my trying to back on the your friends brand well so that's the question is do I sucker these poor people into already being subscribed to this or do I start my own and I don't know maybe you double post it whoa what about that I don't know so speaking of uh, the just okay podcast a podcast about ideas um <laughs> I that also have too, an idea. That is too real. I oh have, my gosh. I have a podcast <gasps> can idea. Title, can we title this episode Just Okay? A podcast about ideas? I mean, sure. A podcast about trying. My brother, <laughs> my youngest brother, texted this me texted me this week and said that he wanted to start texted. a Oh. Oh, I don't know. Sorry. I was gonna say texted us, but this is not no, he I'm did not text me. Breaking news here about an idea. <laughs> That he wanted to start a podcast about English football, Newcastle, and Spurs. Then he texted me later in the week. I was like, what if we just did Newcastle? I don't pay attention to football anymore. Soccer for Americans. Um, I would And so I'll become a Newcastle fan. That's not hard. And also, can you please only refer to it as football? Yes, I will only say football. And I will direct everyone towards the clip of... Shit, what's his name? The Daily Show. Trevor Noah? Trevor Noah. I could think Noah, but I couldn't think of the other name. I will direct everyone. You can everyone. think of Noah because you love that story from the Bible. It's my favorite Bible story. Um, it's a damn good movie, <laughs> I will, though. I will direct everyone Everyone towards... should watch that movie. <laughs> Stop. I will direct everyone towards 
the clip of Trevor Noah on Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee with Jerry Seinfeld, where he lays out to Jerry why it is completely absurd that we took the word football and turned it into a different sport. It's kind of great. I should watch that. I'd be interested in seeing that. Well, the whole episode, um, there's no... (laughs) Here's another recommendation from the stay-at-home curator. Welcome to your friend's podcast, a podcast about (laughs) recommendations. You might like to listen to to watch the Trevor Noah episode of Comedians in Cars. He gives Jerry a lesson on apartheid in South Africa and also football versus football with you. It's really, it's quite good. Well, I mean, football's I, not with a U. I liked U. it a lot. Well, there. Do, well, I guess. So who spells it F-U-T? Uh, people who speak Spanish. Okay. But, and I don't know, maybe other languages. Oh, okay. Maybe but like, Portuguese. But like South Africa, for instance. Football, or F-O-T, F-O-T, ball. F-O-T, okay. Yeah. So he gives an explanation on football versus football, and it's very funny. And also, there was just lots of stuff about Trevor Noah that I didn't know before, and it was really interesting. I liked that sound, it a lot. That sounds interesting. I, f- I would like to watch that. Fucking love that show. <laughs> so I've experienced. I know. I'm not sorry, actually, about how much I love it. So. So. Speaking of Noah, um, <laughs> I just want to. Oh, what a fantastic. Fantastic segue. That's not what I'm talking about, though. Oh, so okay. <laughs> when when shortly, I mean, I guess while we were leaving religion, we came across some um, situations where we wanted to teach our kids about evolution. Oh and, yeah. And um, and it's actually come up two or three times at this point, and each of those times we've showed our kids the clip from Noah. That basically the creation sequence that Noah, the Russell Crowe movie, the Darren Aronofsky movie. Well, right. Starring Russell Crowe and Jennifer Connelly as all Darren Aronofsky movies are. (laughs) Um, anyway, the clip of, of the creation, but the sequence when the animals are created basically shows evolution from, you know, something stewing in the ocean to, to a human. Um, and so we've shown that clip a few times anyway, just in case anyone needs some evolutionary teaching tools for kids or themselves. YouTube that shit. Yes. But be careful on YouTube. You might end up down a radicalization hole. Please don't radicalize via YouTube. That would make me sad. You should (laughs) not do that. (laughs) So, up yes (laughs) did you have a topic you wanted to talk about (laughs) yeah are we going to talk about it yeah i'm prepared ish i mean i'm as prepared as i'm going to be okay to talk about this i don't think i have a lot to say but i'm also prepared i I didn't finish it well i didn't either not because i couldn't or didn't want to it's just my commute ended because i got home and so you didn't just want to like sit in your car I have and be about like, well, 20 minutes left to listen to. So you might've gotten farther than I did. We've been tossing around the idea of after the year anniversary of our podcast. Yeah, Shout out to one year of having a podcast. Um, two different podcasts actually over That's the right. span of a year. Yeah. Maybe season three will just be the state. I'm curious. 
<laughs> expect five minute long episodes edited via anchor. So we had been thinking about giving an update to our why we left episode and shout out to Richie for being the only friend who told us he would like an update. Well, he's the only one that would like it. So this is for you, Richie. It's for you, Rich P. But I feel like we've had a couple other experiences over the last few weeks of kind of thinking about that, wanting to re-listen and kind of update. Uh, maybe, I, I don't know if update's the right word because I don't know if... There's not really any update, but yeah, just sort of check back in and see what's relevant now, I guess. So let's just start with the re-listen of the episode. Um, what did you What did you think? How did you feel? So I think I mentioned this last week. I felt like I was defensive throughout that episode. And I will go, I'll explain what I mean by defensive, I think. So I often have a voice in my head that is 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 questioning what I'm saying or trying to play the other side. I have a devil's advocate that just sort of is constant in my head. And depending on the topic, it sounds like a different person from my life. Sometimes it's me, sometimes it's not. And so what I find that I'm, that I was trying to do a year ago when we talked about leaving the church and why we left the church is that I was sort of, I was just trying to like present this sort of bulletproof argument to try to refute or fend off any criticism that might come. Like it wasn't even stuff that I knew would happen. It was just like, let me try to cut this off before it even gets there. Does that make sense? I don't know if that makes yeah, sense. I, mean, not I, the think, right, I don't think that's the right way no, to put it. I don't well, know. I mean, maybe defensive is too strong of a word, but you get into this posture of, needing to justify yourself yeah, and in just, general. And I mean, maybe not in general, but in the specifically on this topic. And I, I mean, I don't know. I, I think not to, I don't want to share all my feelings at this point right, right now, but one thing that I think is that being only two years removed from sort of departure from, that life is is a short time and you are in a very defensive so, uh, again the defensive isn't necessarily the right word but you're in a very protective mode protective that's the of yourself your yes. positions you're you're very unsure that's the perfect word i was very protective of where we were and what we were doing and Right. You feel an existential threat yes. all the time, yes. specifically on those topics, right? That someone somewhere is going to come in and say, yes. you were wrong, which by the way, never happened. No, we didn't. That's the thing is like, we didn't receive any negative. There was one negative thing that happened and didn't really even well, nothing happen happened. and wasn't specific to anything we said. It was just sadness over the situation. It wasn't like 
any particular point we we raised or fact we shared it was but I think protective is the perfect word so I just am like I I feel a little or at least I'm trying really hard and I won't even say trying really hard I'm making a concerted deliberate effort to be less protective and more just okay here's where we are like I'm not trying to convince you that I'm the happiest I've ever been I'm not trying to convince you that this is the best thing that's ever happened in my life. I'm just living my fucking life and I'm I, I'm not happier now or sadder now. I just I don't know, like this is where it is and I I'm glad about it. Like I don't I don't know. I don't quite know how to explain it, but I didn't like how I sounded. And I probably won't like how I sound right now, but that's a different story. <laughs> Interesting. Well, in a year, I probably won't. Well, maybe, I don't know. I don't think I would have ever thought I would have felt differently or not liked that from a year ago. I mean, that's an interesting perspective on time, especially in this timeline where like um, one year feels like a long time, but it isn't a long time. And that's something I think that I'm beginning to realize is that because you've done something your entire life, every moment that something so significant has changed every moment after that seems like a huge deal. And it is, it is, but you can't realize how much things will change over time until things change over time right? and you realize it. And so that's why I even hesitate now to, because I think I'm at the point now where I'm realizing that, the amount of time that has passed is not very long. Right. And so much has changed in that time that so much presumably will change now. I mean, it is as if for me, I was born again. Oh, that's that poor choice of words. Choice maybe. of words. Oops. Um, well, we talk, so there's a, there's an Instagram, Instagram, page that I follow called lifestyle after Mormonism and they highlight somebody's story maybe three times a week ish. It's not a ton, which is why I will continue to follow them. If it was like multiple a day or even every day, I think I would be over it a lot faster, but three times a week is sufficient. And I am very uncomfortable when they do post people who are very fresh, like six months ago, I woke up and I blah, 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 blah. blah. And it's like, they've done more recent than that. They've done even more recent than than six months. And it makes me feel very uncomfortable because that is such a point of, do you assume that people that hear us talk, two, three years out, say the same thing. I do. Yeah. So that's what I was going to say is that I don't feel uncomfortable talking about it. I didn't a year ago and I don't now. And if you know me in real life, you may or may not be annoyed by how much I like to talk about it because it's just such a, I think it's, I mean, clearly it was the biggest thing that's ever happened to me in my life, but also it, impacts and has influenced 
every everything. That's what I mean by being born again. Like, uh, what I mean is like you start a life as a like with not a lot of experience in many different areas of life, and so being new again to everything, the the pace at which you change and learn is much more rapid and you can't really, um, the timeline is skewed in your mind. Right. Have you, you've seen the graphic where it shows like by proportion, uh, how long a year feels of your life or like the first oh, year because, of your life is yeah, like yeah, the yeah. biggest because of portion how much, because of how, and then the what second the life is significantly life is. reduced yeah. into where like when you get into your sixties and seventies, it's a barely, you can barely even see the line. Right. Right. And so we're right now in those big chunks of time that, that, are seem really long, um, and, and are significant in comparison to, well, relative to what the rest of life will be like. Right. Um, and I just, it, yeah, it has, it speaks to everything that I am currently doing and I don't have a problem with that. And I, because our departure, because my, I'll just speak for myself because my, departure from the church was the way that it was as far as my feelings towards the church and what my feelings towards the church are now, I would feel, I would feel like I'm turning my back on people if I just let it go and never talked about it. Like that isn't you and I have very, and that's the thing is I think we were pretty much on the same page about everything a year ago. And now we are on different pages as far as what I feel like I, what I want my responsibility to be and what my responsibility is towards being vocal and being a person that other people can reach out to when they are struggling or they're doubting or they're wanting to leave or they have already left or whatever the situation is. I just feel like my responsibility is to reach back and to be a person that is vocal in that space. And you don't, you don't dislike doing that, but you just don't speak out in the same way that I do. I'm not, I will never be someone who has left the Mormon church. And I'm trying to think of a specific example. I think, who was I talking to recently? talking to somebody recently and they had left the church for a long time to the point that they had known say okay so Mary Sue left the church 15 years ago and 10 years ago she met Bobby Joe and 10 years go by that Bobby Joe and Mary Sue are friends and Bobby Joe finds out that Mary Sue used to be Mormon and he never knew that okay that's not a situation that will ever happen for me in my life I will never have someone in my life for 10 years that didn't know I used to be Mormon. I can't imagine any scenario in which that would happen because I think that would mean that I'm not either. Maybe I've had a complete service relationship with that person. And so, but I'm talking like an actual friendship with someone. Yeah. I mean, that, that could very well be the case. I will say that one of the things I noticed in listening to that episode is how much our lives revolved around it. And it was so intense still. Yeah. So I definitely think the intensity has lowered significantly since yes, then. Yes, but I would say I would still own the fact that it 
is a huge part of my life. Uh, I'm not saying it's not. I'm just it's saying, not as big a part of your life. Well, right, but from listening to the last podcast till today, it is a different relationship. Yeah. Um, the intensity is not there, and I think that it, all, it's like all encompassing. Right. I think that that will change. Like I don't. I think that that will continue to fade and change because just the proximity to it just does that to it. Right. But I still believe that it will be a part of, I, and I think, I think I would own that now. Like, whereas before I might've said, Oh, I'm sure eventually it won't even be a part of anything for me. I will have not forgotten it, but like, it just won't be a big deal. Now I'm in a place where I'm like, no, I think this will probably be a big deal till the day I die. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. I mean, when you spend half your life in something, I think it, it I mean, yeah, will have even a if I, yeah, impacts. even if I get to 60, that's still half my life. Yeah. I mean, it's a significant impact on your life. Clearly my kids now a really interesting and great, uh, sort of perspective and view that we have on this whole thing is that our, it means nothing to our children and they, every once in a while, I'll be in a conversation either with Trina or Shelly or something. And Sammy will just sort of like, look at me like, what are you talking about? And why are you talking about this? Yeah. <laughs> because to them it's nothing. And I kind of like that because it, it brings me back to like, oh yeah. Like I also have a completely, I have another, not another life, but like I have a life I mean, completely outside life. of this too. It's just, but I think it can be viewed like any, any sort of activist stance and that's how I feel. I feel like it's a, I feel like it is a social activism platform for me. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely can be. And I, yeah, I feel like it is to, to speak truth to the, the lies and the dishonesty and the damage is a real thing. And I don't think there's anything wrong with me continuing to engage yeah, that I way. Mean, I'm specifically not going to like the way I phrase that, but I don't know how to rephrase it. I, I, yeah, I mean, obviously the world needs people to help in all different places and all different things. So, um, if that's what you choose, I think it definitely can be a, a significant thing. We'll see in a year. In a year I might be like, no, I had to completely divorce myself from all of it and let it go, which I guess I should never speak in absolutes because I could see that happening too. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, I did, in at least in part, have to remove myself. Um, at least, I mean, not completely, because it's always around and it's always a thing. And as far as if reaching, you were not married to me. I think it would be pretty easy for you to just like not. It wouldn't be a part of. So I've had conversations with people that have specifically contacted me and I am more than willing to reach out to people and talk to people and help them have conversations. I, that is not something I'm not, I'm not, not interested. Correct. Correct. Um, specifically when it comes to other people and helping other people, I am, I am super interested in that. I am, I am super also for myself interested in what finding out what's next. And because I like, I am a spiritual person. I don't even know what that means, but like I have this feeling for that, this need for meaning. Um, 
I think that that's why I had to leave it behind because I, I wanted it to, I, I toyed with the idea of, can I look back at Christianity and get anything from it? And I've kind of left that behind at this point because it, it wasn't. And so I think part of the reason why I had to leave it behind is because I'm just looking for something else. I'm, I'm moving. I like, I, I'm, I'm, I want to build something for me. Right. And so that's where I'm moving to. And so that's why I think I've left it behind more. Um, the other thing I'll say about listening to our episode is that I was, I was struck by the sadness that I feel, felt mm. listening to it and not like, it wasn't like a bad sadness, if that makes sense. I just felt for my and your prior selves and wanted to kind of help us. Uh, I don't know. Like it, like I could feel the hurt there still. Yeah. And it's not that I don't feel that anymore, but um, I don't know. I just felt kind of sad listening to it and just seeing like how intense the feelings were and kind of like going back to that time and feeling like being able to retroactively feel what it felt like. Um, it was sad. We and, were, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Keep going. Uh, I don't know what I was going to say. Go ahead. We were talking earlier tonight before we ate dinner because you had told me that you were listening and I was asking that, like, why did you think, because I feel after listening to part of the episode and after you listened to part of the episode, I feel like there has been tremendous, and I won't call it growth because I think that that's patting us on the back, maybe undeservedly, but there change. has been tremendous change in from year two and a half to year three and a half where we are now. And why... Why do I, why do we think that there has been, or what the, what could the answer be to as to why there's been so much change between that year and we have no sort of, we don't have a recorded touchstone for year one and a half and six months and one day. So maybe there was as much growth and change. Oh, I'm sure months. there was. I'm sure there was. But what I was going to say is that I didn't say this earlier cause it's just coming to me now that I think one of the reasons why there has been a lot of change from two and a half to three and a half is because of this podcast is because of the connections and the, the friendships and the communication that's been built between us and with other people that I think that that has been a huge catalyst for, because that's the thing is like, I'm probably just involved in being an ex Mormon and being a post-Mormon and being angry and being radical about the church. I'm probably just involved now as I was a year ago, but it looks very different and it impacts me very differently. And I think a lot of that has to do with this podcast and the way that our relationships, connections, and communications have, have helped us and grounded us and changed us. Yeah. I mean, I think that, so we talked on that podcast about having a group of people that we went to church with that kind of normalized that experience leaving or I wouldn't say leaving. I'll say, um, the process of deconstructing and normalized disbelief. being there and not believing it. Right. Well, and going through the process of deconstruction of, of, yeah. not, of, you know, discarding belief. And then as we've had the podcast, and met new people and talked to new people, we've started to normalize other experiences and yeah. started to get a better idea of what life 
can and does look like and what other experiences there are. So I think that's true. Um, for me, I think a big changing point in this year was going to Ken. I cannot believe. And that was like right after we recorded that right. episode. Yeah, it was it was pretty recent after that. So going to Ken and having that experience with the liturgists and not just the liturgists, but going through a group therapy session and learning about embodiment and emotions and all of that, those things, I think it completely changed yeah. how I think about things and how I relate to things. And then also like not to be diminished at all, but having conversations with Richie while I was there about those kinds of things, but also other conversations um, about how, specifically men show up in the world anyway it was a it being alone on a trip by myself for that long for maybe the first time ever ever yeah for um, sure was a transformative experience and so i like both of those kinds of things i i feel and i mean it all goes together right learning new experiences meeting new people like to tie that developing relationships with those people well to tie that into um more of like the growth and change and how we have sort of diverged on our paths is that that particular trip really highlighted to both of us, the codependency that we had had developed and it caused us to really like focus and be intentional to grow out of that and work out of that. And so because we've been specific and intentional in doing that, we, and I think we still have a little ways to go but because we did that, we then have different interests and different paths and and can sort of have more of a Venn diagram of our lives as opposed to just being two circles that are on top of each other. And we have to like only right. talk about and, the same things and only care about the same things and, and care the, in the same way. the intersection and, is uh, your friend's podcast. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah well, that so just going has, to that Ken has was changed a, a, sh- a fuck ton of our life. Going to Ken was the first time that I was like, I feel like all I am is an ex Mormon. <laughs> like that's right. all I felt like I showed up as. Like, well, that's a great hey, that's here, a great point. Here, here I am. I'm an ex Mormon. Like, Which, in in other spaces that had served me well, or like at least had been a thing, but those people weren't interested no. in being. In I mean, that, that's not true. Some people were still deconstructing. There were lots of levels, but most people in the, in that community, my experience are looking how to move forward Yeah, and what's next. And, and, and so me showing up as an ex Mormon was just like me showing up with a bunch of baggage rather than showing up right. like with new things. And it was just very evident to me. And well, I'm like, Oh, interesting yeah. that I show up that way. And I've taken that and how I used to only show up as a Mormon and was perfectly fine with that and didn't think that I needed to develop anything outside of that. I went from that to only showing up as an ex-Mormon to looking at what being an ex-Mormon leaves me with in my life and seeing how that can be the foundation or the pathway to other things and other forms of activism and other topics of discussion and other ideas that I'm passionate about. And it's just, yeah, it's, I, I thought earlier <laughs> to sort of segue it into like, one of the things that I'm super invested in learning about and being involved in is feminism. And I'm reading 
the third, third book in 2019 for me that specifically is about women and anger. And one of the quotes I sent to you this morning, hold on, I'm going to find it. You said that our podcast sounded sad. And so this made me think of it because, so her name is Soraya Shamali. That's the book that I'm reading, um, right now called Rage Becomes Her. Sorry. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Filler music. Filler music right here. Um, yes. Oh, I found it. Okay. So she says, like happy people, angry people are more optimistic, feeling that change is possible and that they can influence outcomes. Sad and fearful people tend toward pessimism, feeling powerless to make change. And I definitely think that sad and fearful was more of the tone. And now I think I straddle this line between happy and angry, but what ties those together is optimism for change and motivation for change. And I think I'm much more in that space. Like, (laughs) it's funny when I think about my, my Instagram content, I really feel like it's those two things. It's either happy or angry. (laughs) Well, I mean, at least you're like expanding your range of emotions. I think that like, again, going back to embodiment and feeling your emotions and getting in touch with your body and being able to listen to it. All these quotes you've been sending me from that book have made me like, it's really getting into like the nuance, nuance of emotion and how you can interpret some emotions in different ways and how like they can kind of fade into one thing Mm -hmm. or another and how important it is. Like, I think I said to you today, how critical emotional literacy is Yeah. like you in order to be able to move through this world. It, I don't know if healthy is the right word, but in a, in a way that you can be good to yourself, you have to understand what your emotions are. You have to be able to feel them, recognize them, um, let them, you know, give them a constructive path, like all, all those things. And I think that's, a lot of what the last year has been about is realizing that that's a thing Yeah, that you can listen to your body of all things. It seems odd. And like, before I understood, like before I was able to feel it, I'll <laughs> say it, it, I didn't understand what embodiment or really emotions meant. Um, I do want to go back to use using ex-Mormonism as a foundation. I think that, well, I said, then I changed and said pathway to, I don't like it necessarily being the foundation, but well, it is but what we'll, leads me to a lot of my current well, I'll f- things. I'll further the idea that it's a foundation in the sense that I've, I've thought a lot about um, fundamentalist religion or religion in general as being sort of a condensed, consolidated version of the larger society and all of its problems and issues. And so I think that that is a foundation. You've seen it in, in such a, um, um, concentrated way that you can easily, like you've seen it so well that now you can kind of zoom out from there and start to see it in ways that have been watered down a little bit and not so intensely, but, but because you have that experience, you can see it. And I think it is a foundation, a, like a, I mean, training grounds, probably not the right word, but like a good, like, and good's probably not the right word either, but (laughs) an experience that you had that 
has shown you where, uh, yeah. what it looks like well, and, for sure, and what, the, was... what ways there are to combat it or how you can recognize it and how it can help other people, all those things. Right. I mean, it's the most personal examples I have of sexism, racism, and homophobia. Like right. that is all right there in my face. And when you say the personal, you mean like your own personal Yeah, I isms. have, I have personal isms of like both being taught that and seeing it and hearing it and experiencing it and being it and being it. I like all of that to me was wrapped up in being Mormon. Like I, that's where that came from. So yeah, it's, it has been, so now being an ex Mormon, it's like, okay, I can fight against sexism, racism and homophobia. And I'm doing it from a place of, I was fucking raised to be these things and they're damaging and harmful and unacceptable. And now I'm going to do the work that I can do to fight against them from this place of my personal experience. Yeah. So yeah. And in that way it's, I mean, I think it's beautiful that you can take an experience and use it use it towards the good and help of other people. Yeah. I mean, I'm in like your own pain. I'm in a total like, okay place with it right now. I think. Yeah. I I guess that's the other feeling I will say has changed is that, um, when we our first podcast was anger as a proportion of love. (laughs) And that was truly the feeling that I think I had and now I think I see it more as just like this was a building block for my yeah. life of, of a really large one and long one, yeah. um, maybe longer than necessary. But at the same time, it, um, it's put me where I am now and I'm, I'm, I'm good with that for now. Yeah, I'm good with it. I think like as far as on a, on a very personal level, the, the hurt and pain that was caused to me or perceived by me from other people has been dealt with as much as I can expect or care to deal with. So I don't think that like, there's no open wounds I would say right now where I think I still had some open wounds or at least just some, you know, some conversations with, with, with people that hadn't been, there wasn't the closure. We talked to Joey last weekend about people's need for closure and that some people desire more of a need than that than others. And I'm someone who desires an intense, like I have an intense need for closure. So I think I have gained more of that in the last year. And so then now I'm just like, they're fucked up and I don't want to perpetuate that. And I don't ever want to be confused for someone who does. And so I'll do what I can to speak out and use it as a foundation to do good work for other people. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, maybe you wouldn't have that otherwise. No, for sure. I wouldn't have just be perpetuating more of the same. I'm saying if you were in a more moderate position for the oh, first part of your life, yeah, maybe you wouldn't feel it so intensely. Means, literally. Right. Right. No, my brain I, doesn't remember. My brain doesn't remember things that it can't understand. Right. Um, <laughs> or as sister Twain said, Sometimes my my left brain can't can't under can't break it down. <laughs> it happens. And I was like, oh yeah, that is what happens to me. It's my brain's just like, nope, cannot compute. Yeah. All right. Anything else you wanted to say on that? 
No, I, yeah. Well, I think it's, I don't know how much people care and I don't know. Well, I, I'm also actively working towards not caring if people care about it, but I like the idea of sort of checking in once a year or so, because I think it's interesting for us to look back and see like, Oh, that was, that was a bad year. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, so there's a larger story, human story going on here. And that is, and something I've always been interested in for my entire life is how do people change? Like that is fascinating to me. And I don't quite know exactly how or why this happened, but it's continuing to happen. And I, I don't know. I think that maybe as we leave ourselves breadcrumbs over the years, we can look back and see. I mean, we, we, I think I've pieced together bits and pieces here and there that the algorithm pushed us in a direction. (laughs) For sure it did. And it was a radicalization engine of its own. It, it, I mean, it absolutely is. I know, is. it completely was. Yeah, completely. I mean, the more you normalize anything, uh, the more you're able to go along with it. Well, I mentioned last... And I mean that in a good way and a bad right, way. Right, for sure. In last year's episode, I mentioned that I have always had a sort of... I didn't say it this way, but I've always had a mental resistance towards journaling. But one of the things I did do in the two to three years that we were sort of phasing out of the Mormon church is that I would check in and I would basically just write like I believe and then like a list I believe in or whatever. And I was just sort of checking in regularly on like what belief is still even left. And so this is just kind of an extension of that. And I'm left with, I believe that humanity is connected and that's, I don't need anything else. It doesn't, that's fine for me. I think the only belief I have now is that this is and the only way to reduce my suffering is to remember that this is. Yep. And we can talk about suffering on a different podcast because Yeah, cuz I didn't That's a question that Well, and I got I got to give my plug for I decide on a different podcast as well because it didn't actually get recorded last week or two weeks ago, whenever that was. Look at us generate all kinds of content oh, for content. future weeks. Um, maybe yeah, our question yeah, this yeah, week should yeah. be, do you feel like all humans suffer? And we can leave that into, you I do not like that question. I do not like that question because I don't think people are going to have any idea how to answer that. Okay. I'm, it's just a simple question. <laughs> They don't have to answer it correctly. Well, I just think the, I mean, okay. I don't, I don't know how to We're explain. Having a major disagreement right now. <laughs> Huge. I mean, because it involves like, what do you mean by suffer? No, we, we have to stop. How could the answer ever be? How could the answer ever be anything but yes? That's, that's my only question. If I get a bunch of yeses, then I'm good. When I get the no, that's where I'll go ask more questions. Oh, I cannot wait for the person that says no, because I will not understand what that means. I, Although, right. unless you're Vishnu. Is Vishnu listening now? Because he'll be like, no, I don't suffer. Right. So there, that's You got to be a real fucking Buddhist if you're going to answer no. Right. So that's the question, right? Is it like, sure, some people can't feel like they get to this level where they're not suffering, but like 
general humanity does everyone suffer? Okay. Because it, that has so much to do with like my one belief. Right. And so if that's not true, then my one belief maybe needs to be changed already, <laughs> which is fine. Um, You're used to that. So because it's, my, it's I think my, my one belief being this is that's my actual belief. And then the need to remember it is sort of the, like the uh, doctrine I've built around it already. Oh, Jesus. Um, anyway. Not Jesus. Jesus is not the doctrine that you built around it. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Okay. So, all right. I can ask that question. All right. So suffering and I decide. That's next upcoming episodes. If I was not laying down on the couch, I would do a karate kick for that. I'm JC gonna, was doing some karate kicks. He kicked himself in the face. Um, I took a five minute video of him. If we had a Patreon <laughs> and if I gave two shits, our, our second tier patrons would get that video. Cause it is special. It was live cage fighting too. It was live cage fighting. Okay. Um, all right. Are you satisfied? Jeez Louise. Yeah, I'm good. All right. I'm good. Should we end it now? It's over. It's done. Bye, friends. You can download this podcast anywhere you listen to your other friends' podcasts. We would love it if you gave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, and don't forget to subscribe. You can find us on Instagram at yourfriend.diana and yourfriend.benjamin. As always, let's make it too soon. <laughs>